Degenerate Business School is brought to you by Millennial Caucasian Men with Day Trading Accounts. Turning the stock market into bastardized Reno, Nevada since the pandemic. Alright, should, should we rock and roll? Yeah. Let's do it. So it finally happened. Sort of. On Thursday, there was at least a wavering. A wavering in the markets. Not the NASDAQ, but the Dow and the S&P. So, uh, I mean, I, I read this like in short as, and you guys can tell me what you think. Finally, a little bit of anxiety is creeping in because on Wednesday... Jared Barrett takes the stand and says, it's going to be bad for the next couple years. And everyone was like, what, Jerry? <laughs> How that's a surprise, I could never understand. And then on top of that, there's some troubling news with the coronas and the case counts. And certain states are just absolute disasters. And then on top of that, James, you pointed this out. We're probably just getting chumped by the big boys who are starting to short sell the irrational rally. So do you, did I miss anything? Am I, am I reading this right? What do you guys think? Yeah. Think about, I guess, the rich white guy uh, discomfort index. <laughs> I think, um, definitely second wave would be bad for business. Um, I think that's the, probably the biggest. And then again, the rich white guy just like, yeah, time to sell my shit. Yeah, yeah, the harvest. Yeah. <laughs> Although, I mean, I, I, I sort of get the hysteria around the second wave, but realistically, if things don't result in a full lockdown again, the economy should, in theory, be fine, right? Like, people are going to die, and to your point, you're going to want to buy cat. But um, if businesses stay open, the economy at least nominally speaking, should survive. Yeah, I don't think they're going to do a lockdown anymore. But, you know, it's just the fear of yeah that the little blip. Yeah. That's all it takes. I, I, yeah, I read this less as like um, a specific reaction to the potential of the lockdown and more just like the hangover, the lockdown, and the ongoing coronavirus nightmare will create in the economy. Such as it is. But on top yeah. I mean, like, we, we sort of talked about this before, but it could just be that this happens to coincide with some news headline. But the truth is, this market was long overdue for a correction of some sort. Right. Um, so, I mean, how much, how much the, the second wave actually affects you know, the sell-off that happened yesterday. I don't know, because as someone who has uh, not taken this the most seriously, I can tell you that people out and about are living their lives as though, you know, nothing's going on. Well, certainly the people you hang out with. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, like, I I don't know how how much of an impact that really has, as, as much as 
this market was so grossly overbought that it was time. Like, oh, by we, the way, we all remains overbought, and today saw you know what two percent increase. So, doesn't necessarily mean yo know, it's anything but an anxiety blip, but we'll see. The other thing, the other thing, well, I guess my, my, my other question, James, is, well, and for you, Robert, is so VIX exploded this week, was up like 47%. Are you at all trying to exploit what's happening now, just in the near term? Did you put in any trades this week to try to no. exploit the volatility? No, well, that took us all by surprise. And the only thing I did this week was uh, sell most of my GoPro shares and bought this company called um, Plug. (laughs) 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 It's a fuel cell company. I'm not really sure what they do, but it sounded cool. So, but no, I didn't. I didn't go in shorts because you know I'm I'm like 0 and 4 over the last couple months. Yeah, me too. I have so much scar tissue, baby. Yeah. So anything I did was like lowered some of my exposure to, to. kind of really risky companies so you retreated to the classic this name is irresistible and adorable so i'm gonna buy plug yeah yeah <laughs> and i'm actually up so even even with the, the crash so yeah well uh young victor so I, by the way I, I haven't had a chance to take advantage of it yet but i was actually looking into some some very tasty plays that i can implement on monday mm. just to take advantage of it uh, on Monday the, I'll, be, I'll be selling. On Monday I'll be selling puts on uh, Nicola, July expiration. Currently, uh, it's trading at like sixty four dollars. You can sell the thirty strike put, collect six dollars on that, and that's basically uh, you're committing to buying Nicola at what amounts to twenty four dollars if it crashes. 60 percent in the next month which seems highly unlikely so basically this isn't a play on thinking nicole is going to go down i'm just selling insurance against uh an absolute catastrophe in the next 20 trading days well young vic young victor uh went back in on spxs yesterday so he's definitely in the red today but <laughs> that's why I was messaging you, Robert, because this was, uh, I want to say Victor was circling this on Wednesday. So it was like, it was, it was the day where just, just the Jer Bear thing happened. Uh, and then uh, that's why I messaged you, Robert. I was like, what's your, what's your take on this? And you, you're, you made the point intelligently. It's like, just because something's overbought doesn't mean it can't stay overbought. That was basically your point. Uh, yeah. So now, but Vic, Victor pulled the trigger yesterday. We'll we'll see how it pans out. But he's back in. I love his I love his his ability to be a Vulcan and not be emotional about it. Like I'm with James. James is over four. I'm a big over one. Uh, I'm I'm just staying in cash for a little bit longer at least. So, um. The other thing I wanted to talk about, which uh, I think mildly irritated you, James, was uh, the frenzy around, these have become like two case examples of how the stock market is turning into a casino for white dudes with Robinhood accounts, which are Hertz and Chesapeake Energy. 
which have essentially become the actual roulette wheels of the stock market. Um, so much so that the Wall Street Journal has now caught up to us. I want to read you a, a direct quote now. So the headline of this article was, Swarms of willfully ignorant investors are day trading their way through the pandemic. Check. And this is the paragraph. By shutting down the economy, the coronavirus unleashed a new generation of gamblers on the stock market. People, mainly young men, going stir-crazy from quarantine and the lack of professional sports to bet on, Robert, they've turned to trading stocks. To these thrill-seekers, thrill the magnitude of moves matters as much as the direction. A big loss can be as much fun as a big gain. Now let me tell you, let me add a couple of corrections to that. A big loss is not nearly as fun as a big gain number one and number two quarantine has nothing to do with this we were gambling the whole time but uh um anyway the article is basically just pointing out this is this entire market has just become like a a casino scape for people to make trades on and uh that seems entirely accurate yeah i just I kind of had joy to see the demise of Chesapeake. You know, I lost so much freaking money on that damn stock. Um, but, you know, they declare bankruptcy. They even said lenders have full control. I don't. I guess it was like prior to that, though, I think it, it jumped 180%, even though they're in bankruptcy talks already. And I'm like, yeah, these guys don't know Chesapeake like I do. <laughs> <laughs> but then I think it dropped like 70% the day after. But now it's just kind of just doing crazy fluctuations but yeah you know might as although, well although, although in, in the case of hertz it may have helped i mean I, I don't actually know what the implications are but uh it was announced today that hertz is trying to sell a billion dollars in stock now that it's uh skyrocketed and hopefully that'll save it from bankruptcy new stock like, right it's like a new tier yeah. of shares yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so like what Insane asshole is gonna actually buy that. <laughs> Someone on Robinhood, brother. <laughs> By the way, it's not just Robinhood, but Robinhood is Robinhood is just you know like the millennial incarnation of something that it could be E Trade, any number of platforms really. So yeah, it's it's, it's insane. I don't get it. And mind you, I, I have no problem gambling. I've been on a few uh, uh, bankrupt companies myself, but not after they've gone bankrupt. So, it's Bobby, are you still yeah. number one? James, you brought this up last week. Um, I think that you were considering getting in on some bank stocks, potentially, as part of your portfolio of recovery fair fair statement yeah i did i i i i am um, i actually bought some jp morgan on my parents account i felt bad for them <laughs> this week <laughs> oops sorry mom <laughs> are you my question for you bobby is are you still in on city as a long play number one philosophically and two do you have any positions in city right now no i have uh wells fargo Interesting. When I got down, when I got down to like twenty four, twenty five, I think the the dividend was like eight, nine percent, and I realized there's a lot of talk that it's not sustainable. But 
Fuck it. Like it, it's even if they cut it in half, it's still it's still a sizable uh, dividend. And uh, yeah, I, I do have a position in Wells Fargo at the moment. You go in Wells because it's just like the shittiest of the major banks. Yeah, I mean, if you have any faith in, in their CEO as possibly being able to lead a, a turnaround, um, it, it's more a bet on that than anything else. I realize the economic environment is not conducive to, to banks right now, but, you know, I'm still a millennial. Just because I don't trade on Robinhood doesn't mean I'm not an idiot. Well, the only thing that gives me anxiety about Wells, because I've, I've asked you about that before, is don't you feel like the only people that have Wells Fargo now are, like, boomers and older? Yeah. So their deposits are just going to fall into the sea over the next five years. You don't care about yeah, that but, horizon. But, but presumably, boomers and older can pay their bills, meaning Lower they, shouldn't, defaults. they shouldn't be as, yeah, fewer, fewer defaults, especially because they're not big on the, uh, the credit card business. Mm-hmm. Mostly because the people who have Wells Fargo don't know what a credit card is. Correct. <laughs> yeah. I see. I see. So yeah, I, I I have positions all over, like all sorts of uh, sectors and industries, but none of them are out of conviction. They're just trades at this point. Get it. Yeah. What's up with Deutsche? I mean, it's. You know, we were in it last year, but it's like it hit 10. I didn't really understand it. Where is, it? If, where is that now? I think it's like in 8 or 9, but it was a lot higher than it was. Last year it was hovering between 6 and 7. Um, 9.39 at the moment. So I didn't even know how it did what it did, given the euro economy. It's not somewhere you want to be, but something I probably don't understand. I don't know if you had any insight. Yeah, bottomed out at five five and a half dollars last year. I don't know. I mean, I mean, this this somewhat makes sense in that uh, when the market bottomed at what was it? I don't know. On March twenty third. Yeah. So did the um, so did the dollar. So. As the dollar strengthens and weakens, this, in theory, should move right along with it. So uh, this spike that you're seeing, it went from 650 to now 9, almost 50. That's all in the last month or so. Yeah, I was struggling to understand that but with the driver. <laughs> but all right. That makes sense, though. Weak dollar. Well, weak, I mean, weak dollar. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's a strong move, but it's a strong move off a low base. The the market cap is still at less than twenty billion, even after that move. Well, aren't all the forecasts for like a weakening dollar, based on the money printing schema of Jerry Bear Powell? Yeah, but the euro's zone's printing just as much. Yeah, I think depends on who stops first. <laughs> it's a game of chicken. <laughs> yeah. This seems like prime territory for a casino play. <laughs> uh. So what do, you, what do you, now that this week is behind us, James, what are you looking for next week? To tell you which way this thing is moving over the next 30 days. 
shoot, I guess it could be just, uh, you know, pull back a, a sideways trade. Yeah. Just thinking probably down to 29, the 2,900 levels. Yeah. I don't think it goes that much lower, though, because, I mean, I was surprised that we could even do a 5% downward move with all the capital out there. I thought someone would just buy it up. I guess sellers or buyers just got out of the way on Thursday and then came back today. But you still think that there's a little bit more room for pullback. Um, so I think 2,900s might might hover around there for a while. We might get down there a while before we kind of hover in the low threes, yeah. 3,000s. So just like kind of waiting now, given that, you know, yeah, there's like reality setting it in some sense. But there's also a ton of capital out there waiting to, to, to come back into. So yeah, so that I feel on it. I'm waiting for 2,900, which again, like feels like support right now. And Bobby, you're just going to keep casino gambling? Yeah, um... So I'm I'm pulling up the the chart on on the SPY right now, and to be honest, I don't think this goes much lower. Um, so all all I'm going to do for the next couple of weeks is take advantage of the the spike in the VIX this week, and just sell premium against against positions. Uh, Upside or downside VIX, or either. Well, uh, uh, like I said, I'll be selling. I'll be selling puts on on Nicola. So, b- basically, uh, I'm committing to buying Nicola at roughly twenty four dollars, and it's at sixty four right now. Um, I don't think it's going to get there because it's like a sixty percent drop. But I'll be collecting like six dollars to to ensure that. So ten nice. percent premium over the course of a month is certainly not bad. Uh, Are you saying Ricola, like the lozenge? Nicola, Nicola. like Tesla. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, like yeah, the Tesla, the the other electric car maker. Um, I'm seeing support for the S and P at twenty nine ninety, which means two percent lower. Yeah, I, I don't think this goes much lower, to be honest with you. Um, which is why I feel comp- uh, confident selling the puts knowing that they'll likely expire with us nicola so this is an italian electric car company uh they make uh well they don't actually make anything they haven't (laughs) they haven't produced any uh vehicles yet it's nkla I see. And there's a picture of a truck. Solid. Yeah. An yeah. article from Motley Fool. So this is where you got that idea. Got it. I'm just kidding. No, this thing's been this thing's been all over the uh it's been all over the news because it it's it just went public, it's soared for no reason. They've not <laughs> sold a single car. And uh people think it's the next Tesla. So yeah, at this point, for the next couple of weeks, it's just for me. It's just a play on the volatility. Seems as good a reason as any. So, one final thing I wanted to get your take on is the IPO class that's coming up. Among among them, Airbnb. There's a few others, but uh, 
Scott Galloway is going hard in the paint on this argument that, like, this IPO class that's coming up, like, because they were supposed to IPO, in the case of Airbnb specifically, in March, and it was, like, put paid by the pandemic, that actually, like, it'll force them to become leaner, but it'll also, like, devalue them significantly so that when they list, like, they won't be overvalued. And that, like, the upcoming IPO class will actually not be, like, the putsy Lyft or Uber that we've seen where it hasn't been, like, an impressive breakout, but the likes of, like, Airbnb will actually, like, be a good buy and hold. What are your thoughts on that? I kind of like his line of thinking along along those lines. Yeah, I still would never buy a tech IPO right after... Yeah, right when it lists, you have to wait like you know. Yeah, the, cu- the customary, the customary cooling off period. Yes. Yeah, and guy. you know, I think Slack hasn't regained its value. Zoom obviously shot past its value, but it was you know it lost like fifty percent. All these companies have were down before they they got back up. So yeah, you know, it, with anything, you just have to wait. I think for these IPOs. I think his was more um, an argument more over like it'll outperform over a couple years versus these other IPO classes. So, I, one, I wouldn't trade any IPO with any conviction, but I find Airbnb especially troubling because, I mean, you more than most people I'm around are very concerned about traveling and and the exposure to to the COVID thing, right? Like, hotels generally are bad enough, but you'd be okay staying at an Airbnb? I could do it. If it was a, you know, highly rated, you know, gold medal host. But YQ wouldn't go anywhere near it. So, yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, a hotel will have a professional staff and their occupancy is in the absolute shitter. Like, I can't imagine that Airbnb is going to be killing it anytime soon. But in some ways, that might be perfect in that if you have the right trading strategy, meaning, to James's point, you let it IPO, you let it fall into the sea after a few months, people like you, who are naysayers, make this argument that deflates the valuation, but over the next five to ten years, if things normalize... It's basically like the pandemic devalues Airbnb below where it would probably trade when you're living in normal times. So the pandemic actually uniquely might create a buying opportunity for Airbnb that otherwise wouldn't exist. Yeah, you know, I like it as a hedge because I was looking to get into Marriott. And so if you buy both, you're kind of playing a little bit of both yeah. sides. So yeah, I'm glad it's out there. I might look into it, you know, down the, down the road. You could consider forming a uh, ultra-old, rich white man portfolio of Wells Fargo and Marriott. <laughs> where you pay, you pay your final invoice with a check at the front desk. <laughs> Alright. Anything else, anything else you're uh, considering on a tease? Do you think it's worth mentioning? Uh, no, no. Play the volatility, that's all I can tell you. 
surf the wave. Right. James and I are still trapped in the undertow. That's all right. Yeah, just waiting for stuff to get cheaper. I'm, I don't. I don't want to go. I don't want to go short. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm. against me. Yeah, but but that, that's that's the thing though. That's the thing that I was that I'm sort of like getting at, right? Mm. When when you go short, you're like buying puts or outright buying something that will take you there, right? right. So if you assume if you assume that the market is going to go down, you either A, collect a premium for being wrong, or B, commit to actually pulling the trigger if and when it gets there. That's why, that's why I'm selling the puts. If the market collapses, uh, then I'll buy Nicola at a third of the price of what it is right now, which I'm very comfortable with. And if I'm wrong, then I'm pocketing 10% of its value. God, do you ever like sell out when you know close out of your 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 sold positions, your sold calls or puts early? Because there's like an unlimited amount you can theoretically lose. Yeah, of, of course. I've I've never I've never actually I've never actually executed on any of my contracts. You always always get out early. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Clicking so yeah, like the, the, yeah. So th- th- there's opportunities there. You just all it takes is a lot of time to monitor it because it can't get out of hand quickly. But I've got nothing but time, you know. <laughs> and no sports to bet on, man. Yeah, haven't yeah. gone into Bovada in a year. No, I mean, th- there's there's a ton of UFC to keep me entertained, but, you know, Monday through Friday, it's it's just the markets. Yeah, you can't bet on Southwest Louisiana State women's basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I, can bet on, I can bet on Korean baseball, though, and I have, actually. <laughs> You're the only person I know, by the way, that I could easily imagine, if you were here right now, you'd be looking at your phone going, fuck! And I'd be like, what's wrong? You'd be like, Oh, the Inchon Dodgers are losing to the Seoul fucking Cardinals. I don't even know what their names are. By the way, there is a baseball team in South Korea that's just the Samsung baseball team, which is kind of hilarious. That's right. All right, dudes. All right. It's been a pleasure. Robert, good to have you guys. You look good. Thank you. High and tight. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys. Have a good one. See ya. Cheers.